from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news. The networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the broadcast for December the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2018. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We believe the checks and balances put in place by the founding Father's absolutely brilliant and one of the peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. All right, we got a lot going on today, ladies and gentlemen. Stuart Rhodes, he's president and founder of Oath Keepers, and uh, OathKeepers.org is their website. Oath Keepers Call to Action. We're talking about a border operation, ladies and gentlemen. A wall of troops, a wall of patriot volunteers. Oath Keepers and Patriots, duty calls. We must support our president. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, Stuart. Good morning, Sam. How are you? Excellent, my friend. Hope you're doing well. You're down in uh, Texas right now? Uh, yes, I am. I'm down in McAllen, Texas, actually, at the moment. Wow. All right. Well, let's start out then. Um, you know, Donald Trump has been talking about the border for quite a while. Uh, the Democrats mocked and said, oh, the troops are, are, are the caravan, whatever you want to call it, illegals is what I would call them. Uh, the um, They're very far away from the border. No big deal. Well, the bottom line is then a couple of days later, they ended up on the border because, hey, Mexico uh, really helped bust them and truck them and, and really helped them act. Uh, the Mexicans really helped them act as a conduit through their country. Now, what's weird about this is in some ways the Mexicans tried to stop them, it appeared. In some ways they helped them, it appeared. Now all these Mexicans um, are frustrated because, hey, these, I don't know what you call it, illegals, uh, sometimes terrorists, gang members. Uh, some of them might be families needing help, but there's a whole mixture of criminals in the mix. Um, they literally wound up on the Tijuana border. And the Mexicans are going, wait a minute, we don't want this. What on earth? Are, we're being overrun here. Isn't that how yeah, the, the little, setup of the battle? Well, was, I mean, with the caravans, yeah. And that was ironic. But the, the real story is, is every single day, there's at least that many people in each state coming across the border. I mean, there's tens of thousands coming across the border freely every day. Like here in McAllen, I, I did a little bit of a recon yesterday along the border. And, you know, picture a farmer's field that goes on as far as the eyes, eyes can see with trees here and there. And then picture an irrigation canal running down the middle of it that you can wade across. And no fence, nothing. That's the real ground. And you, you wouldn't tell. You can't tell if you're in Mexico or the United States other than you just know that's the real ground. But it's a little tiny stream. You, you can wade across. You know, it's used for irrigation by the Mexicans. And by the time it gets down here, it's no longer really a river anymore. Yeah, but there's, you know, we were out there for an hour before we saw Border Patrol. There's just not enough of them out there. And that's how it is in California. That's how it is in Arizona. That's how it is all across the border. And, and, and people are saying, oh, you know, Trump's put the, the troops on the on the border. He's militarizing the border. He's really not. He's got a few troops as, as, as logistical support at some of the ports of entry to handle this caravan situation. But he has done absolutely nothing to put troops on the border in between, you know, thousands of miles in between these ports of entry to stop the day-to-day -day flow. Drugs come across, 
gangbangers come across. I mean, absolutely everything and anything that you want to bring across the border comes across the border. If the cartel allows it, they control it. So, so it, you're saying the cartel controls the borders. Of the course, borders yeah. leak yeah. like a sieve. And you're saying um, Donald's been making a big show of this. Is it all a game to him? Well, no, I wouldn't say that. What I'm saying is, is that, you know, he's putting troops on the border to, to address the caravan, which is good. It's a good start. But what he needs to do is, is what President Wilson did back in 1916 when Pancho Villa raided across and murdered Americans and went back across the border. He sent the troops down there. He sent Pershing after Pancho Villa, and he militarized the border. Well, it was already militarized. He already had U.S. Army troops on the border back then. But he, but he sent an expeditionary, a punitive expedition in, in New Mexico to hunt down Pancho Villa. Um, Trump needs to do much the same. I mean, at least Pancho Villa went home. He came across the border, he killed Americans, but then he left and went back to Mexico. The cartels are staying. You know, they come over here and, and bring their, their gangbangers up here. It's all the local gangs up here, but, you know, MS-13 types who run the drugs and do the pickups on the American side. But they're all working for the cartels. You know, there's a whole bunch of different little gang, gang uh, groups in each one of these four towns that run the drugs for the cartels. But you know, if you're if you're a jihadist terrorist and you want to bring across you and a dozen buddies with all your stuff and and you know maybe some uh, maybe a tactical nuke or two or whatever else you want to bring you know biological weapons, all you gotta do is pay enough money to the cartel and they'll bring you across. And there's nothing stopping them. You know, you could you could walk back and forth. You know, as people have done. I think the the guy from uh, Project Veritas went across and came back. Yeah, James you know, O'Keefe, right? To, right. Yeah, just 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 to demonstrate the absurdity of our border. There's no border. You know, we, we don't have a border, and Trump has not militarized the border. He's militarized or, or he's put some military in place at some of the ports of entry, and that's it. He needs to do the whole thing. That's what he needs to do. Well, on that's one hand, you could solution. say it's good if he puts uh, troops at the border on these hot points like Tijuana or whatever, but it's almost as if he brings so much attention to those hot points where he's got troops, it almost lets the other parts that aren't being watched even leak more like a sieve, right? Well, that's what's happening. Uh, we were, I was down in, in, uh, in California. And I was in Campo, California, west of Campo, going towards Isidro. They had beefed it up quite a bit. And I, was, I talked to Border Patrol agents that were brought down from Vermont, you know, all along the Canadian border that brought down there to beef it up. Um, but then they also moved, they, you know, even that wasn't enough to really do the right, do the right, you know, saturation they needed. And so they shifted guys over from the east, eastern part of, of California, the border. And so west of Campos was well saturated, but east of Campos was wide open. 15 miles, we drove up and down the border and saw only two Border Patrol agents. And one of them we talked to, and we asked him, said, you know, could, could you use extra eyes and ears down here? And he said, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we could definitely use more people down here just letting us know what they see because we're shifted over west. And that's, that's not you know, no big secret. I'm not telling you, you know, you guys anything the cartels don't know. They know. They can see. They have scouts on both sides of the border that watch the border, and they watch the Border Patrol. That's how they get across. They just watch for the Border Patrol trucks, and if they show up, then they call on their cell phones, tell the guys to wait a little while, and then the Border Patrol leaves, they tell them to come across. So what's needed is a real wall that's really hard to climb and a, and a road behind it. There's some parts down there in California where they have that now. There's other parts where the, where the wall's like 10, 10 feet tall at the most, and it's a 30-year-old rusted-up wall that any, anyone can climb. You know, you pull yourself right over it. So they need a real wall, and they need troops on it. To man it. This is not enough men. Tell me if this analogy makes sense. It's almost like Donald Trump brings a water bottle to a forest fire. Uh, kind of. And, and then, then the other side, you know, complains. It's, it's really weird. It's like you have the left saying he's militarizing the border, you know, as though it's a bad thing when he's really not. 
Then you have the right saying, hey, he's militarizing the border, as though, hey, that's great, and, and but he's really not. You know, they're both claiming he's militarizing the border, but all he's really doing is, is putting a few support troops at the ports of entry. It's it's kind of kabuki theater on both sides, frankly. Do you think Donald really thinks he's getting after it, or do you think he just wants to appease the folks he knows most of the nation cares about, um, you know, protecting the border and cares about making sure that we don't have criminals uh, coming into our country? I mean, it's a hot-button issue. Is he just playing us, or do you think he thinks he's got enough there? What do you think? Is in his mind. I think he might be. I think it might be. He he doesn't understand the reality. I don't think he's been down there. This is a guy from New York City. Don't forget. It's it's kind of similar to Westmoreland in Vietnam. You know, he's being told by his by his lackeys that oh yeah, we this is our body count. This we're showing these numbers and everything's great. And it's kind of the same thing here. Oh, you know, the, the number of of uh, the detentions are up. You know, or 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 they're down. Whichever way you want to want to look at it. Oh, you know, we're doing really good. We've got this many numbers of tensions out there and this many numbers of calls and what we're responding to, we're responding to this, this number of calls. And they're not seeing all the stuff that goes on in between. It's the same as the Vietnamese body count. You know, the body count didn't matter. What really mattered is on the ground, who controls what? You know, does VC control the village or not? In on our border, it's does the cartel control this town or not? Or this county or the sheriff department, which is what's going on in a lot of places. They, they control the local law enforcement and local political infrastructure on both sides of the border. And can the cartels cross here or not? That's the answer. That's the question. And I don't think Donald Trump understands that. He listens to the, the politicians and the and the career bureaucrats and, and these agencies who tell him, oh, you know, here, here's our stats, and our stats are up or down or whatever it is. And he thinks he's really doing something. And out here, it's a joke. I got a tour from a guy who's a, a local uh, Marine Corps veteran who was just frustrated and, and said, this is the reality on the ground here. This is not enough of them. And the guys that are here get discouraged, and they just punch the clock until their until their tour is up. You know, that's it. So let me ask you this: Do the good guys control anything on the border? In certain spots, maybe only when they saturate certain areas and at the ports of entry. But I was—we were a mile from the port of entry down here, down Hidalgo port of, port of entry in McAllen. You go one mile east, and it's just wide open fields. There's no, there's nothing there. Not even, not even friggin'. Barbed wire fence, absolutely nothing. You would even, you can't tell that there's a border there. There's nothing to tell you that, that except you, the guy happens to know that that's the real ground, that particular canal right there. That's it. You know. So is the media just an enemy of the people then? Because the media makes you believe that. Oh my gosh, they had to to take a woman and and she tried to climb the wall and she fell and got hurt or another. You know, hey, another example. They got video where people are dropping kids over the wall. Is that that's all? The caravan. That's the caravan. So the caravan makes it look like this is some, something new, that this is a new, you know, phenomenon of people coming across our border. And and the, and the you know, the dirty secret, of course, is that it's there's no border. It's only in those certain areas. And, and, the, and the caravan went to a place where there's a wall, I think, on purpose, because they want the optics of these poor refugees trying to climb the wall because they want to demonize the wall so that we don't build an actual wall on the rest of the border. Stuart Rhodes with me, ladies and gentlemen, OathKeepers.org. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business. The Oath Keepers are the guardians of the republic. Oath Keepers call to action. Stuart Rhodes, president and founder, went to the West Coast, working his way east, checking out what's really going on on the border. Updates on your radio. 
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Talk Right, the conservative app offered by TalkStream Live that caters exclusively to the conservative talk radio community. Here you'll see only talk shows and podcasts from the conservative right, all the big broadcast names and online digital shows in one place. Talk Right makes it easy to find all your favorite conservative talkers with all the upscale features you come to expect from TalkStream Live. Keep up with the fast-paced political world. Download Talk Right today from Google Play or the App Store. All right, is it the power of love or the power of the drug cartels, huh? We're talking about the border, ladies and gentlemen. Leaks like a sieve. I've been telling you that <laughs> for months. People kind of don't believe me because of what they see on TV, but I'm here to tell you. Stuart Rhodes, founder and president of Oath Keepers. They are the guardians of the republic, ladies and gentlemen. Thank heavens for them. Call to action. A border wall of troops. A wall of patriot volunteer. Duty calls, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so you started uh, really what? Went to California and you're working your way east to see what's really happening? Yeah, I did a leader's recon uh, in Arizona um, actually a few months ago. was on the Chilton Ranch there. And then most recently, California and now Texas. I wanted to see it for myself and, and, and go talk to – I've talked to ranchers that have been there for you know their entire lives. Um, veterans and ranchers have been there for 20 years, retired Border Patrol agents. Give me, you know, a local leader's recon, just so I understand the picture on the ground and what needs to be done. And what really needs to be done is he needs to put the military on the border. Nothing else is going to work, frankly. And I've been saying even a wall doesn't work. I'm not for a wall. Walls can keep people out and walls can keep people in. And it costs a ton of money to build the wall. And the, the drug cartels uh, have too much money. They're too trained. They have too much arms. They're, they're beyond uh, that the only thing that will do is 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 a human organization who understands how to fight this fight for real, right? Well, you need both. You need barriers. I mean, look at look at the DMZ in Korea. You know, they do have walls, they have barbed wire, they've got minefields, they've got all kinds of, of structures. But then you have to have eyes on it. As anybody can tell you in the military, no barrier will last if it's not observed. And it's been direct observation and enforcement. 
But I do think a wall is effective if it's a road right behind it, but you got to have guys on that road in sufficient numbers that they can't get across. And then you got to have the sensors and you got to have the, you know, the aerial observation. I think all that's good, but you have to have bodies there too that can interdict and, and stop them. So that's be a layered, layered system. And in some places, the wall is not practical. Like some places down here in Texas, the ranchers, you know, they go back to the beginning of Texas. Um, they water their cattle in the in the river, where their homes are right there on the riverbanks. So you can't build a wall there. So there's places where it won't work. But I think places where it will work, it should be built. I do. But he's right. these troops. He's troops. Otherwise, they'll tunnel underneath it and or find a way over around it or whatever. So you got to have both. All right. When we say the drug cartels uh, control the border, I believe a lot of that's true. Uh, but is the United States just allowing them to have control or is there a battle for control? Is there cooperation by the United? In other words, is the United States in bed with the drug cartels? Well, which part of the United States? The deep state? <laughs> I think the Border Patrol agents are trying to do their no, job. No, it's a fair point. It's a fair point, And I want to break this down so people get it. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, there's elements inside of our government that, I mean, good Lord, the Bushes were all all about open borders. They wanted to have one common uh, border around all of North America. Yeah, but Donald loves the Bushes. I mean, he was just in in admiration and praise and, I mean, beyond imagination. Yeah, well, so you've got got elements in our government. I mean, look, the the rich Republicans love the cheap labor. They don't care about the border being open. That's your – those are your rhinos and your neocons. The left wants open borders because they see it as their avenue towards – political change and permanent domination, which is what they're going to get eventually. You know, and you got 30 million illegals in the country already, and you've got people being brought here who are not assimilating and are being conditioned to, you know, fly the Mexican flag instead of the U.S. flag or burn the American flag. They're not going to make good, good voters. So who, who are they going to vote for? They're going to vote for the American-hating left. So that's the, that's the ultimate gambit on the left is, is, is political control. And, but then but the other part of it is, is the cartels. You know, these are bloodthirsty uh, slave traders. They press women and children into sex slavery and bring them north to be used as prostitutes. And then if, when they're done with them, they kill them. So this is what happens. It happens in Mexico, and it's not happening in the United States. These are bad people. So, you know, do you really want them controlling your uh, communities? That's who's going to control it. But you do I mean, believe uh, that the Border Patrol agents are doing their best given the circumstances? I think most of them are. Um, I think they got really discouraged during the Bush or the uh, Trump, sorry, the Obama administration. They all blend together. Um, they got discouraged during Obama in particular because it was so blatantly in their face that, that the that the administration didn't want to protect the border. And but I think their their spirits a little bit better under Trump because uh, he does seem to care. But they're still discouraged in the sense that this is not enough of them. It's not enough of them, and you wind up with so a good analogy is this. A beat cop who walks the beat, who gets to know all the neighbors and is right there in the neighborhood, is effective. The cop who sits in the, in the car on the corner trying to catch speeders or waiting for, for a call and only responds to calls is not so effective. He's not really controlling the neighborhood, right? He doesn't know who, who's who. He does, he's not really on the ground. That's kind of similar. Um, a lot of times they're responding rather than being proactive. And this is from retired Border Patrol agents. Some of them are very, very proactive and go out there and hunt, but other ones just punch the clock and they're waiting for their for their tour to end. You know, kind of going back to Vietnam. You become discouraged after a while, 
You don't want to go out there and go walk. Yeah, because you're fighting with your hands tied behind your back. You have all kinds of dumbed-down rules of engagement. You're not really there for a mission to accomplish it and get out and do a good job and feel good about it. You're there almost by proxy. I mean, you're there physically. I get it. But you're not there in terms of being able to do what you're really trained and what the the intent would be, right? Uh, in a way, there's also good ways and bad ways to do it. Like in the, to use the analogy of Vietnam, the right way was, was the Marine Corps CAF program. You know, combined action platoon where they would put the squad of Marines in the Vietnamese village with the villagers 24-7. So they're in the village denying the ground to the enemy. And then they train the locals into a militia to defend themselves. And that's the thing. Who controls the ground? It doesn't make a difference how big the sweep is or what body count you get out of it or how many arrests you make or how many detentions you make. What matters is who controls the ground. And right now, it's the cartels and the gangbangers who control the ground. The Border Patrol's not out there 24-7. They come through, then they leave. Same thing with U.S. troops in Vietnam. So the right way to do it is to put the troops on the border in sufficient numbers, in guardhouses, whatever you want to call it, and have them patrol the border as part of their training. Now, why not have the U.S. military build bases along the border and then use it for training also? You guys get out of basic training, you do six months on the border learning how to patrol vehicle and on foot, learning how to observe and, and and then how to interdict. And you can do it. It can be done. But it takes bodies out there. It takes like a squad of guys on, right on, the, on the Rio Grande backed up by another squad behind them and then another squad on the highway on each little sector. Is the swamp just too deep for Donald? Uh, no. He could, as the commander-in-chief of the U.S. military, he could order this done tomorrow. And, the, you know, so the real question is, is does he even realize his own authority? And does he have the will to use it? But he can do it tomorrow. He doesn't have to have to wait for Congress to fund a wall. He can say, this is this is a matter of national security. And following Wilson's example, I'm going to put the military on the border, and I'm going to instruct them to construct a wall uh, as a military barrier against these invaders. It's a military invasion by the cartels. Do you think he has the actual stomach for it? I don't know. That's a good question. I really don't know. Is there a way for anybody like you to sit down with President Trump and or help him? I mean, you, he could come down and meet with the Oath Keepers and get a tour of the border quickly, right? Fly, sure, yeah. I mean, I think I think the likelihood of me ever ever getting that done is, is almost impossible. So I don't know. Is, is someone close to Donald Trump uh, aware of the real situation and and aware of what needs aware of what needs to be done? And are they willing to tell him? I don't know. Right. How many how many oath keepers are with you down there? What's kind of the the purpose for That's you guys? I can't, I'm not going to disclose that. Okay. So what we're, we're what we're doing is we're asking for volunteer pilots. That's our number one um, because it's, it's it's huge. Texas is massive. Um, so and one, the reason for yeah. pilots is because then you can get in the air and really see what's going on in in real time. Sure, you can cover a lot more ground from the air um, in Missouri for report than us being on the ground. And also, there's another issue: is a lot of these places because it's private property. If the property owner doesn't care, or even worse, he's in the back pocket of the cartel, he's not going to let you on his property. And if you got a corrupt local law enforcement, then you have another problem. But in the air, bypasses all that. We can, we can observe and report from the air. So we're relying heavily on air assets, uh, volunteer pilots, um, secondary beyond the ground. What's the? Are the people just afraid on the border towns? Um, some, some, some are. I mean. There's some places where the where the ranchers are like, well, I don't give a damn about the damn cartel. You know, let's 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 get it done, and we go on their ranches and and uh, observe and report from their ranches. So, but there are other places where either they're 
A lot, it's a lot of apathy and ambivalence. It's been like this for so long that they're just used to it. A lot of these rich ranches down here uh, have a lot of gas on it, a lot of oil. And so the old companies come in and, you know, get the oil out. The hunters come in to hunt, and that's the big industry down here is oil and, and hunters. And a lot of these ranchers are like, well, that's just how, it's, how it is. In fact, I saw one ranch where they put up, the, the, you know, when the illegals climb the fences, eventually they'll tear them down because of the weight. You know, you get, you get a thousand of the feet climbing up a fence. They'll start to, to bow it and, and push it over. And so one ranch put up steel piping fence, a, a ladder over the top of the fence. All right, hold on, Stuart. Let's come back and talk about that. You're saying one ranch put up, and we'll get to that in just a second. Um, you know, we we need the Oath Keepers. Well, I wonder what the media, will they talk to the Oath Keepers and get a real handle? Will, will anybody tell the truth except for Liberty Roundtable and a few talk shows like us? Stuart Rhodes will answer that and more in seconds. Oathkeepers.org, ladies and gentlemen, doing a phenomenal job. Truth on the border is what I'm calling it. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't going to happen. By a friend of Medjugorje, whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't going to happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S., 205-672-2000 why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less anybody ever had less money this year than you had last anybody better have a one percent pay cut you deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him 
him in federal court with trumped-up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. Up in the Ivy League Towers, ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to know what's going on down on the border, ain't it? you got to get down there and figure it out. Oath Keepers are doing just that. Stuart Rhodes with us. He's done a lot of reconnaissance there. They need people, pilots, volunteers to help them get in the air so they can go ahead and give you better and better and better details and more and more solutions of what we can do about it. But the border flat out leaks like a sieve. Forget the political theater uh, of the mainstream press, folks. Yeah, they're documenting things that are actually there. They're just not telling you the whole picture. It's not what they're saying. It's what they're not saying. That's the real issue, right, Stuart? Yeah, definitely. And, and both sides goes for both sides. The border is just shockingly open. Um, so, like, like I said, what's really necessary is, is manpower, and that will double require the U.S. military. So, I think we should bring the bring a lot of the troops home from these foreign foreign bases and these foreign countries that are in, and put them where they can do the, a better job. Frankly, a more important job, which is protect our own border. But what if the goal is to betray America and get enough people to overturn every election and move every state Democrat and and sure. and, and eventually make America so dangerous that people beg for global governance, sir? Is that the goal? Like in just like in Europe, it's the same same strategy. The globalists are doing the same thing here that they're doing to Europe, which is to swamp it with people from the third world who will not assimilate, but who will instead assist in the destruction of the uh, Western culture. That's what's going on. So let's be very clear, ladies and gentlemen. This is not about race. This is not about color of skin. This is not about any of those things. This is about illegal versus legal. If people want to come the right way to America, they want to follow the rules, they want to obey the rule of law, they want to assimilate and become American. I don't care if they preserve their culture in their own home or they preserve their history, that's fine. But unless they assimilate and become Americans, and understand and agree to our laws, follow some principles, and, and, and we make sure that they're here for the right reasons. Folks, we're flirting with disaster. Stuart? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, my, my own family came from Mexico originally. My mother's side, my great-grandfather and, and grand, great-grandmother came here about, 19, about 1917 after the Mexican Revolution failed. Um, but they came here and assimilated, and, and you know, one of my uncles fought in World War II, and we became Americans. That's not what's happening now. And the radical left in this country, which hates this country, is encouraging immigrants, whether legal or illegal, to not assimilate and to, and to despise and hate this country that they've come to. You know, that's why they fly the Mexican flag and, and burn the American flag or fly the Honduran flag and burn the American flag. And you don't want someone like that. You know, if they're not going to assimilate. And also, you only have a certain number you can bring across at any time that they can assimilate properly. You bring them in too large numbers, they just don't assimilate. This is what happens. You can see that's what's happening in Europe, right, with the, with the Muslim immigration there. They bring too many, and they wind up in enclaves that, that they don't have to assimilate. And then they're really being encouraged not to, because you have the same thing. You have leftists there who also hate their own culture, and they'll, they'll use these foreign um, cultures as a force multiplier against the culture that they want to destroy, their own. 
It seems to me that if the government doesn't do something uh, more direct to solve this problem, I'm not into the left and right political debate. I'm not into the racial discussions. I'm into national security, sir. And it seems to me that if the, the United States government, the federal government, doesn't do enough to take national security seriously, at some point, uh, whether you like it or not, they become the problem. Well, they were the problem a long time ago. This has been going on for decades. You know, So the, the failure is, has been going on for decades across many administrations, both Republican and Democrat. And it's just there is no border. All right. It's now, is it getting worse or is it actually improving, though? Um, no, I don't think it's getting any. I don't think it's improving. Um, the only, only place it's improving at these, is at these ports of entry where they're dealing with these caravans. That's about it. Yeah, but if it's but improving there, though, it almost lets the rest leak like a sieve even more because you just hit dry the attention exactly, to the spots, which is, right? Which is why it's not. That's right. That's why it's not really improving. So wow. I hate to be a broken record, but it just it takes manpower, and there's just not enough border patrol, and you're going to have to use the military. That's the only way to do it. You know. Is the is the border a violent place? Then is it safe to go down there and observe if you're not uh, experienced uh, and trained, or what? I think for the most part on the American side, it's pretty safe. And the cartels they they kill each other like crazy on on, on the Mexican side. And this you know war between the cartels that's been going on for a while. Um, but on the American side, you know it's not in their interest to go kill a bunch of Americans. They would they would bring too much heat on them. So. For the most part, they just try to avoid your observation and then sneak around and go somewhere else. So I don't think it's as dangerous as some people think it is. Uh, it's potentially dangerous, yes. You're dealing, you know, after all, you're dealing with murderous cartel members, but um, they're not going to do the same thing in, in the states or have it so far that they, that they do down in Mexico. I've talked to lots of border people that have been volunteer border operators on the border for years, and they'll get an occasional exchange of gunfire. They run into them in the brush, you know, and some coyote or something. But it's not like, you know, the Mexican, Mexican cartel is going to come and do a hit on you. So I think it's a little bit overblown fear, frankly. Um, so we're somewhere in the middle. It's, what about the media? Are they willing to talk to you and be fair, or are they just going to say, oh, the, the, the extremist uh, oath keepers? I don't even bother. <laughs> you don't even bother, huh? No, the mainstream media. I mean, I mean, hey, look, I'll go on Fox News and talk about it. If I can get on Tucker Carlson, I'd be happy to do that. But uh, short of that, no. Any left media, no thank you. And Maybe a Lou Dobbs. Yeah, oh yeah, Lou Dobbs or Tucker Carlson would be all right. I'd, I'd do that. Um, but they should just go down themselves and go look. I really encourage Tucker Carlson to just take, take, a, take a few days and, and go down on the border. You know? It's not going to happen. Even Glenn Beck promised to go to the border and get a uh, bottom line for it. In fact, Glenn Beck reached out to a bunch of us talk show hosts and said, hey, come with me. And I reached out to go with him, and he wouldn't even take the bait. He wouldn't even do it. It was all talk. Yeah, well, I mean, some of it's a little bit too, like I said, a little bit of overblown fear. I mean, you know, look, the, the cartels, it's not in their best interest to smoke some, some, someone like that on the border. They're just not going to do it because they bring too much heat on them. They want things to continue as they are. But they probably don't, don't really care for the caravans. It brings too much attention to the border. Sure. So they probably wait, probably just waiting for that stuff to blow over and get back to business as usual. Back to business as usual is, is six guys in the dark with, with backpacks full of whatever, cocaine, heroin, you know, biological weapons, whatever they want to bring across that's being paid big money for, and they, they go across. Well, the way you know a lot of the border issue is a sham and that we don't have controls. You had Operation Fast and Furious where we literally sold guns south of the border, blamed it on the gun shows, lied, got caught, and zero accountability, right? Yeah, totally. And that was just an agenda. So that's that was that was all about guns. It got nothing to do with border security. Except it violated border security pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just 
So the Border Patrol agents, like I talked to one of them, did 30 years in the Border Patrol, and, and you know, and he's he's gung ho. He he was gung ho, but you know, they're dealing with trying to find guys out of the bush, out of the brush, who've already crossed the Rio Grande, and now they're infiltrating through Texas ranches, and it's cat and mouse game with them trying to trying to find these people. You know, they'll they'll jump up and hop in a pickup truck. But then if, they get, if the truck gets spotted, then the, then the truck will go off the road and into the field, and then they'll, they'll all bombshell out of it and run into the woods, and then they'll go wait for another pickup somewhere else. You know, they've even caught guys that have been in two different trucks that got caught. They bailed out, ran in the woods, got another truck, then got caught. So this is that's what that's what happens down there. It's cat and mouse game. So why not just stop it right at the border itself? And, and that's that's going to take that layered. I do think a wall is necessary, then a wall, then a road behind it so you can go back and forth on easily and quickly. We need to have the sensors and the, and the thermal optics and all that stuff, but you've got to have troops too, whether they're in helicopters, whether they're on the ground. I think it should be both. It is Mexico be, willing to help at all? No, I don't think so. All right, if they're not willing to help, though, then we need to shut off foreign aid and say, you know what, we're not going to at all participate in that. If you guys aren't going to double down and support us on this thing, you're out. We're not going to fund anything you do. We need to chop off that foreign aid or foreign aid and use the money to take care of the border. Well, Trump's trying to put pressure on them. But here's here's one thing. Like I found out yesterday from my local here in McAllen, they're giving all kinds of money and high tech equipment to the Mexican military and law enforcement on the other side. Well, that's, it winds up in the hands of the cartel. So my, my local contact was worried about his phone being monitored, and he's worried that the, the technology and the, and the help that we're giving the Mexican government is going to be used on him by the cartels. So, so how high tech are these cartels? Are they armed and trained and funded by the United States government, basically? Oh no, they, they, some of them were trained at the School of Americas by the U.S. government, and, and then the, the Zetas got their start. They were the Mexican special forces trained by the United States, who then became the enforcers for the Gulf Cartel, and decided to go out and do it on their own. That's the war between the Gulf Cartel and the Zetas. There's this violent war down there, and then, so the Zetas are military trained by the U.S. originally. That's one of those blowback things, right? So they are trained, and they literally are armed and, and, and high-tech equipment and everything, and then funded by us through our foreign aid, right? Well, I mean, you know, they, they control the police in, in Mexico, and a lot of these, just in the northern part of Mexico. It's it's silver, you know, the old uh, Plata Diploma, silver or lead. Either you work with the cartels or, or you get the lead. And if you're an official that wants or, or a chief of police that wants to buck them, they kill you. If that happens, you can, you can find that stuff all over the news. So that's what's going on in Mexico, and it's starting to bleed across the border. There's there's corruption now in local law enforcement. There was a sheriff in in, uh, in Texas, and his son were both arrested for for their uh, for their corruption. That's, what's the most dangerous too. part of the border? Uh, El Paso, Colonia Juarez. Uh, good question. It's a massive city, right? Think about that. We'll take a quick pause. I want you to think about that, though, because one of the biggest cities south, right on the border, as close to the border as you can get, is right across from El Paso. It's Colonial Juarez, man. I've been there. It's a massive city, uh, and the people there absolutely don't have any money. Uh, it's it's uh, beyond imagination when you physically go there. I've been in Mexico in that city, and it's crazy. Stuart Rhodes with us, ladies and gentlemen. Oathkeepers.org in seconds. Anyone who challenges their control is deemed a sexist, a racist, a xenophobe, and morally deformed. They will attack you. They will slander you. They will seek to destroy your career and your family. They will seek to destroy everything about you, including your reputation. They will lie. 
lie, lie, and then again, they will do worse than that. They will do whatever's necessary. The Clintons are criminals. Remember that. They're criminals. I'm going to open up our libel laws so when they write purposely negative and horrible and false articles, we can sue them and win lots of money. We're going to open up those libel laws. Each week, the political cesspool, known worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program, hits the airwaves to bring you the other side of the news and to report on events which are vital to your welfare but are hushed up or distorted by the mainstream media. However, to continue doing this, we need your support. Go online at www.thepoliticalcesspool.org and make a safe and secure donation. If you prefer not to make an online donation, you can send us a check or money order to the address on the website. No matter which way you choose, the political cesspool needs your support. Go online to www.thepoliticalcesspool.org and make a donation today. how you can get involved ladies and gentlemen oathkeepers.org i'm sure they can use a couple of bucks we all need money for our causes they also need pilots folks if you have educated people that are volunteers and want to participate with the oath keepers they need to take uh, to the air so they don't have to worry about private property rights and such and they can keep an eye on what's happening real time on the border we're talking to Stuart rhodes ladies and gentlemen oathkeepers.org uh, is the website for some of the greatest reporting somebody who's literally there on the ground they don't have any agenda except for God, family, and country and protecting life, liberty, and property. They're for reals. They've got a lot of, lot of volunteers there. Uh, I've dealt with them personally, and I know they're some of the best people on the planet, and they're for real. They care about this country like you wouldn't believe. They put their lives on the line for this country in many capacities. Uh, they're just tremendous, dedicated patriots, folks. They really are. But the mainstream press, sad to say, not willing to even report on the truth. It's political theater and nothing more to these people. But the drug cartels control the border, and the borders leak like a sieve. Thousands come across per day. We've already lost California in terms of voting. We may never even, if you listen to Ann Coulter, we may never even have a Republican president again. Now, I know it's not all about Republicans and Democrats. It's about the swamp versus us. Uh, but it is important to understand these drug cartels really uh, control the border. They're armed and trained and funded, sadly, by the United States of America. The foreign aid is out of control. Uh, the border leaks like a sieve. There's no real fence in many, 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 many places. It's going to take manpower, as Stuart Rhodes wisely points out. So where do you think the most dangerous part of the border is? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I've heard that. I mean, I haven't been to Laredo yet, but I heard Laredo is pretty bad. Um, you know, it's just kind of hard to say. It really is. Like I said, the, the the real issue is not so much that it's dangerous for Americans to be down on the border spotting and reporting. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, the main issue is we just don't have enough bodies. And and when we're down here, we got to deal with like the patchwork of private property. It's just easier for us to fly. So we're, we're really concentrating heavily on the air. On so the, how much yeah. how much of the drug cartels deal with the ground versus the air? Also, 
as far as what? Well, are they are they using the air a lot too to to bring people across the border? No, I think I think they're mostly relying on on. I mean, you can, you can tell by the by the traffic on the ground. It's, it's, it's mostly their, their their foot traffic. They don't need to fly. I mean, when they fly, it's it's easier to spot them, right? But if they're coming across in groups of five or six on the ground, it's hard to spot that. All right, how high tech are these cartels? Well, they've they've got you know a lot of them have drones they could, they can use also. But what they really use is scouts. They'll have people on the American side who will. Local gang bangers, for example, who will, you know, pull up on a highway, pretend like their car's broken down or whatever, and they're sitting there watching for border patrol. And then when they don't see any border patrol coming up and down the highway, then they'll they'll call on the cell phone and say it's all clear, come across. And then the guy in the pickup who's going to go down next to the Rio Grande, one of these little farm roads, just pulls up in his pickup truck. Guys wait across in their backpacks and then throw them all in the back of the truck and off they go. And those are your drugs or people. And and if they're about to get caught, they just veer off to the road. Everybody splits. Hey, man, my car ran out of gas or whatever this crap they want to say or do. And there you go. Yeah. You know, they'll 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 those bombshell. If the car is stolen, the the guy in in the truck will will run with with the others, too. But if it's not stolen, it's his truck. He'll just uh, pull over and they'll bombshell. And, you know, he'll make up some some nonsense excuse, excuse for why he's there. So. But, you know, what happens usually, though, is that they'll see whether the Border Patrol is coming or not, and they'll, they'll tell them, hey, sit back and wait until the Border Patrol passes by, and then they go across. That's what I'm saying. It's very similar to Vietnam. Just wait for the U.S. Patrol to go through, and then you go back in the village, do whatever you want, terrorize the villagers, eat, eat their rice, you know, whatever you want to do, you know. So it has to be occupied. You've got to occupy the ground and patrol it heavily enough that they can't do that. They can't infiltrate through. There's just too many people. There's too many layers of, of, uh, of eyes and ears and bodies. All right, so there's a, there's a big difference between somebody who is coming here because they are scared of their own countries. They do want a better life. Uh, they do want jobs. They do want to have a family. They want you know they want normalcy. Uh, you know what? I don't have any problem with people seeking that, desiring that. Right, me neither. Okay, and and I but yet there's bad guys. There's criminals. There's people who take advantage of this. What percent do you think are are, are good people meaning well? versus uh, people who are bent on harm or are bent on taking advantage? Hard to say. I mean, when it comes to these, well, obviously, all the guys in the, the, the drug mule trains are coming here for harm. They're coming across. They, they, come, they go back and forth. They come across with a low, you know, heavily backpacked or heavily loaded up backpacks full of drugs, and they go back across and get more. So they're, they're always coming across with bad stuff. <laughs> now, the people that come across to, who, are, who are paying $10,000 to the cartel to be, brought, to be brought inside the United States, some of them, they just want to come here for a better life, but they need to do it legally. And even with asylum, like the Border Patrol agent I was talking to said, you know, there's, they, they can go seek asylum at any one of the uh, consulates all over Mexico. You know, they want to apply for asylum. Yeah, in other words, if that's their agenda, they don't need to get in American soil to do it. They just think their yeah, chances of staying will be greater. But they want to come across American soil, you know, get their get their court date, and then they can just disappear and never show up for the court date, which is what most of them do. And most of them are not, you know, like that one lady who was interviewed who uh, was running from the tear gas. She was interviewed, and she said, well, she just wants a better life for her kids. She can't afford, she can't afford her own children back in, in Honduras and wants to be able to make more money. That's not an asylum claim. That doesn't cut it. She's not being threatened with with death because she's a political, you know, gadfly. She she just wants more economic freedom, which is great. But do it legally. Go apply to to immigrate like everybody else does. You know. Yeah, and you know, I also agree with the idea. Let's try to make Mexico great again, though. You know what? America's not (laughs) the only place that can be great. Hey, any place can be great if they follow the principles that make countries great. 
Stuart? Right. Yeah, do you see that? You see the hat on the, the uh, Tijuana mayor? Make Tijuana great again. <laughs> hey, man, you got to dig it. Uh, do you think yeah. that the, the mayor and, and some of these people are genuine in, in on the Mexico side? Well, I think I think they're yeah because it's killing their economy. I mean, and Trump's threatening or closing down the border, closing down traffic, it, it hurts their economy. Um, so I think I think he has a weapon there. He he, he is already starting to use and should use it more. But I don't trust the Mexican government. It's corrupt. It's been corrupt its entire history. It's a corrupt country, and so it's, it's extremely unlikely that he's going to pressure Mexico into doing the right thing. I mean, they can't even control their own their own territory. They can't even control yes. the gangs. So will they'll stay. Will Trump they'll shut down the border? Do you think? Pardon? Will Trump shut down the border? I think he should. I think I, think I know he should. I, well, here's what I'm saying. Donald makes all kinds of threats. He says that I'm going to get rid of their foreign aid. I'm going to shut down the border. He makes all kinds of threats, but I, I don't see any of it becoming reality. Let's get it done. Let's take action and get serious here. Yeah, I think he's he's you know, someone's in his ear telling him, "Well, you can't go too far." That's what that's what's being done. And I think what's going to happen that they'll run the clock out on him. The, the, the neocons that are in his ear, the rhinos, along with the left, are, are in cahoots on this. Let's just keep him contained, kind of like did with Reagan, right? Kind of keep him contained. Make sure he doesn't do too much damage to our to our system, you know, our, our uh, feed trial. And uh, when he's gone, we'll go back to business as usual. That's what I think is happening. All right. In days gone past, the Minutemen and other people went to the border. Are those guys around and still alive and helping? Um, some of them are. Uh, they got discouraged during the Obama administration also. I mean, so it was, you know, when you got charter buses going in and charter flights bringing people in all over the country um, from the administration, you, you feel kind of, you know, what am I doing here? My, my thumb stuck in this, in this little crack. You know what I mean? Or here I am trying to bail out the ocean with, 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 a, with a kid's pail. So I think a lot of them got discouraged during the Obama administration, and it kind of died away. But there's there's more now during Trump. Uh, I think people have a little bit more of a little bit of optimism. But the border is so massive. You're just you know we don't have enough eyes and ears. We're just, just no way. So we what's what we're using a force multiplier of uh, I think I think um, you know aircraft is a, is a game changer, and, and I'm kind of surprised no one's done it before. So we're going to put together you can, you can call it uh, like an Air America type operation. We're calling we're calling it Eagle Eyes for now. So I figure out a, bit, a better name, but I think volunteer pilots were at that. As far as us being extra as and ears, and our job would be to report to the Border Patrol. So, you know, because they respond to calls. So if we see something down there and say, okay, we, we think we got a suspected load of, of uh, drugs or people in this truck going down this highway, and we call them real time, then they have something they can respond to. So that's what we're, we're doing. We don't want to, we're not going to get in their way. We're going to coordinate very carefully with them. But our goal is to be a force multiplier to fill in gaps where they're not and also to be extra eyes and ears up in the air and on the ground. We'll be on the ground in some places. We've got private ranches that have allowed us on their on their, on their property. I'm not going to say where because I'm not going to give the, the enemy any intel. So where we do have uh, permission from private landowners, we will be on the ground as well. But even there, it's, it's spot and report. Our, our job is not to try to interdict. That would just be too much of a can of worms. You can just imagine what that would look like, right? You know, they'd be suing us and accusing us of abusing them, et cetera, et cetera. So if the Border Patrol handle that part of it, we're just extra eyes and ears. Well, you would think Donald Trump, uh, all the way at the top, all the way down to uh, a local county sheriff on the American side and or a, a mayor or a city council, you would think these guys, a rancher, you, you would think these guys would be so grateful for the support. Are they, do you think, for the most part? Uh, a lot of the ranchers are. Um, but like I said, you get some of these really huge, massive ranches. It's just, you know, this is business as usual. Oh, and that's, that's what I wanted to tell you. Is one ranch, they got so tired of their fence being pushed down, my guys climbing over it, that they built a, a pipe ladder as part of the fence. 
so that it's a nice, durable steel pipe ladder that the bad guys, the illegals, can climb up over and get across without screwing up the fence for the ranch. Yeah, it's kind of like maybe take your coat off, huh? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. I mean, it's, I know they're doing it because they have no choice almost. They're just saying, well, hey, you know what? I got to keep my fence and uh, for yeah, animals, and what, but I have no choice. Here. But 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 at some point you go. That's just insanity. That's just proof that we've lost the battle. Well, you, you, you've given up. You're you're psychologically beaten at that point. I'm sure the cartel laughs at that when they see that. You know, you're you're kind of a cuck, right? <laughs> a cuck rancher. Wow. Come on over. Come on over the land. Yeah, it's it's crazy. All right, are they using water? In other words, are they using uh, vehicles to to get to the Gulf or get to? Is water involved here? Or is it just the border land? Oh well, yeah, that, that does happen. Also, they'll bring you know it's, it's the same thing as back in the days of you know Miami Vice and all that. They got guys that bring stuff across in the in the water. Sure, you know like, you know look at the look at the look at the CIA's drug operation with flying in from from Central and South America into into Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, the the Mia Arkansas fiasco was big stuff. We used to interview uh, Mr. Reed uh, about that, and um, Terry Reed would would tell us all about Barry Seal and the the issues yeah. on the uh, the Mia Arkansas drug trade. And uh, now, though, what I hear is there's a lot of speedboat activity where they they use a lot of these speedboats to to make a difference and bring stuff in uh, water wise, right? Well, you know, I'm not an expert on that. I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. So. But uh, but the, the the big issue for me is is the control of our land, and we're losing it in in the uh, along the border. It's just a fact. All right, we're about out of time this hour. Can you stay with me into next hour, Stuart? Uh, yeah, sure. All right, because I want to talk a little bit about the communist regimes in Central and South America too, um, because you know what? We've got Cuba, uh, we've got Venezuela, uh, we've got some of these other countries that you know what they hate America and they're literally controlled by the communists uh, and it's one thing to say you know uh, the drug cartels they just hey they want drugs and money and stuff and they're willing to go to whatever lengths to to make all that happen uh to be quote kingpins or to whatever but there's a big difference between that meaning a drug cartel on its own gaining power and control uh, through money and but what about these governments participating what about arming and training and funding um this agenda with an intent to use, say, a La Raza and overthrow the United States. You've got socialists getting elected everywhere in America and communists literally breaching our border by the thousands. At some point, those forces are going to join together, whether it be just considered gangs, whether it be considered drug cartels, whether it be considered backed by governments. I want to dig into that with Stuart Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. There ain't no talk show like it. Pardon the French. Um, most folks don't have the guts to report on this stuff, so they don't even take the time to dig to find out, or they're on the tape for political theater. You know, where do you stand, folks? All right, OathKeepers.org, they need your support, they need your volunteers, they need your financing. They're for real, ladies and gentlemen. OathKeepers.org, our one in the can, we declare this nation shall endure. <laughs> 